is The Hill. Talking Rugby League with Sam Perry and Tim Sparks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. It's me, Tim Sparks. I am your host, which means you are on The Hill. That's right, The Hill. We're not up under cover in the grandstand, nor have we paid an extra $15 to sit in the concourse. We certainly aren't in one of those supporter bays like the Chook Pen or something grim like that. We enjoy having rival fans around us and we understand it's part of the fun. Lastly, we aren't in a corporate box. Unless, of course, you've wrangled yourself in there somehow through a mate of a mate or a family member or something like that and you're taking full advantage of the hospitality in there and starting to cause a bit of a scene. In that case, you're more than welcome to be in a corporate box. But otherwise, we're here... With the fans on the hill. That's right, we've made our way to the ground early. We're going to watch the reserves run around or maybe the under-20s. We might have thrown the picnic rug down with the family and, you know, enjoying a bit of a feed here on the hill. Or we might be standing with our mates and having a drink. Either way, we're here on the hill. And what matters is, we're together and we're here talking about the code we love, Rugby League. So welcome aboard. Huge show, of course. Every week's a huge show. We know this. But this week, we've changed a little bit of our structures and our systems to our podcast. All right? A bit on that later. We've got a text from Pez, which comes through, which is good. Who Would You Rather Be? Featuring a couple of Anthonys. Got a couple of your X's and O's, but more issues by popular demand, of course. By request, we have a halfback style ranking. Uh, feature, which I think is pretty good. A uh, bit of history involves a foundation club, maybe a bit of a twist and something you didn't know, uh, and we might learn something there with a bit of history. I'm going to let you know what I was talking about with James Tedesco at the SCG members at approximately 5pm on day four of a test match a few years ago, and of course, your questions. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, a warm welcome and let's get into it. All right, we'll start with a, a text from my uh, co-host, Sam Perry, uh, who can't be with us at the moment, as we know, if you've been listening. Uh, so what we do is we get a text from him, just to keep him involved, because that's what we're about here. Uh, so it goes. G'day, Tim. Thoroughly enjoying the program, mate. Thanks, Pessa. Beautiful mix of dry levels and troubling earnestness. I sense you're starting to wake up to the deep-seated system... Systemic cultural dysfunction at your club, the West Tigers. That might be true. Will you have the courage to look it in the eye and, like the great friends, tell them the truth? Realistically, my head says you won't. So does my heart. Should I look forward to Tiger Corner or will I be disappointed with another uh, milk milk toast? Is that? I don't even know that word. Milk toast? I'll have to look that up later. One-eyed, willfully ignorant defense of your flailing club. Cheers for the shout-out to Maccas, too. He needed it. Love the show, Pez. Well, thanks for that, Pez. And, yeah, a bit of a Tiger Corner coming up. I didn't mention that uh, in the opener before. So there will be a Tiger Corner. And, yeah, you most likely will be disappointed, Pez. But you're not here to to uh, discuss it with me, sadly. But that's something to look forward to. Thanks for that, Pez. Uh, very good. Now, no shout-outs this week, sadly. We've been doing a shout-out here and there uh, last week to Maccas. And, um... We can't do on this week. So what I'll do, just I'll just give a shout out to everyone, everyone out there, you know, um, hope you're doing well. All right. You know, uh, particularly people, if there are any Victorian listeners down here in stage four lockdown, hope you're all keeping your chin up because it isn't easy down here. Uh, so look, if you've got a shout out, you want someone 
uh, you know, to, to get their spirits lifted, get in touch with me and I can um, give them a good day at the top of the show here. But that's all right. Uh, we'll move, we'll move forward. We'll press on. Okay. Now I said there'd be a change to our podcasting systems and structures as the buzzwords are in league. What I've realized is at the top of this show, I've usually been reviewing the games. I realized I'm coming to you on a Friday. You know, I'm recording this now on a Friday morning. The time for reviewing is over. You know, you've done that on, you might've done that Sunday night with a big league wrap with, you know, Jimmy Hooper and Mick Ennis. You know, you might've done something in the way of winning starts on Monday or something like that with a review podcast early in the week. Now, I'm here to preview is what I've worked out. Okay, so look, apologies for the last couple of weeks where I've sort of given you uh, a rundown of games that you already knew. You know, you already knew the scores, you already knew what happened. So I'm here to give you a quick preview just before we bounce into the rest of the show. All right, so last night, obviously, we had the the Broncos go down to Penrith. G Panthers were very impressive. Uh... In the sense that they just won again, all right? Um, I actually meant to say the Broncos were impressive. Because um, I think from what I from what I heard, Peter General, their coach at the moment, said they'd sort of simplified things and that, you know, got back to uh, the basics of the game, which was good. Uh, the thing I want to say about Penrith is that's 12 in a row. And what I would like to do is ask any Panthers fans out there, can you please get in touch with me and just let me know what it feels like to win 12 games in a row? Honestly, because I can't even imagine what that must feel like. I don't even know what it feels like to really win three or four games in a row because that rarely happens. The Tigers haven't won five games in a row since, I think, 2012. I don't know what five games in a row feels like. So, you know, the mind boggles at what 12 in a row. It must feel good. I mean, it, it must feel outstanding, but I just want you to share it with me because it's so foreign to me. The other thing I'd like you to maybe let me know is because I saw a few Panthers fans on social media and whatnot last night saying that, you know, they're a bit concerned, uh, you know, losing or not, not putting a big score on the Broncos and a bit concerned about a win. What does that feel like? Like how do, how do you win and then be still upset or disappointed? I don't get it. I understand how some of the top teams might, might do that. But again, you know, for, for, for me, as a Tigers fan, just a win, it, it's brilliant. So I have really little to no understanding of what it must feel like to lose and then have this sense of disappointment. So Panthers fans, please get in touch on the socials, you know, write a comment, uh, hit me up, do something and just let me know. 12 games in a row, how does it feel and, and, and how does it feel to, to, to win and then be slightly disappointed? Anyway, let's push on. I said I'm previewing, but you know, there was a game last night. So that's 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 the new process, the new system that we're going to operate. A bit of a review of the Thursday and then a, a preview of what we've got to look forward to. I'm really looking forward to the Knights-Sharks uh, game tonight um, at 6 o'clock. Weirdly, I've been, since there's been lockdown, this is the most 6 o'clock Friday night football I've watched ever since they've introduced, or I've almost actually started to come around to enjoying 6 o'clock Friday night uh, footy, which is really weird, but I guess the only reason I'm enjoying it is because there is literally nothing else I'm allowed to do. Um, Sort of by full time, I'm not allowed to step foot outside the house anymore, um, let alone go and do something else. So, you know, I guess that's something to be grateful for is 6 o'clock footy. Uh, 
I guess if the Sharks lose all their games and the Tigers win all their games and the Warriors only win a couple of games and St. George only win a couple of their games, then the Tigers can still make the finals. So, I'm looking for a Knights win there. Uh, South and Melbourne's going to be really good. I think... And this is more a compliment to South and Wayne Bennett and what they're doing, rather than a slight on Latrell Mitchell, because you know I love Latrell. I just think Souths are going to beat Melbourne. Uh, and Alex Johnson's going to fit in really well at fullback. And again, it's not a sledge on Mitchell... Uh, it's more a compliment around what Souths are doing. Uh, should be a really good game. Look forward to that. Hopefully, I can um, get away with watching two games of footy uh, in the one night as far as my relationship goes. Uh, Saturday, what have we got? Dogs and Titans. Just that, And then the Tigers, Manly. Just a couple of games of footy. You know, that's what I like about this part of the season is, you know, when teams are out of the running for the finals, it, it just comes down to a couple of games of footy or a game of footy on the weekend. You know, there's usually a few young guys that they're going to blood for next year, um, which is always exciting. There's a couple of guys, uh, you know, that, that are probably retiring or moving on. So they're just enjoying their last few games with their club. It's just the rusted on fans usually that, that end up going. And it's just footy in how it should be played. Uh, so we've got that to look forward to with the Dogs, Titans, and the, the Seagulls, and the Tigers. We've got a belter on Saturday night with the Raiders and the Roosters. I'm tipping the Raiders there. Uh, bear in mind, I'm coming absolutely stone dead last in the tips. Uh, so, you know, you can take all of my tips with a grain of salt. Uh, but I think the Raiders are starting to um, to build. I really do. I think they'll win there. Um, Sonny Bill Williams obviously comes back for the Roosters in case you haven't heard if you can somehow find an article on Fox Sports by the the great friend of the show I'd like to say you know the friendly foe and the NRL economist uh, writes just absolutely something else I'm not even going to talk about it you just have to go and read it and read the whole thing and read the last paragraph and um, it's extremely special so please do that if you're looking for some more Sonny Bill Williams art content, as they say these days. We've got the Warriors and Para on a Sunday Arvo at Central Coast Stadium, which sounds strange, but that's the times we live in. And yeah, I'm tipping the Warriors as well. So uh, I predicted the Parramatta slide a long time ago. I'm not going to uh, bang on about that, um, but it is pretty good to see. Then we got North Queensland and St. George Illawarra playing in the diabolical time slot of 6.30pm on a Sunday. Why on earth are we doing that? Uh, I really missed my 2pm Sunday footy last week and I'm going to miss it again for the... Well, that's... I'm done for... We're done. It's not... Oh, no. It comes in the last round. I get uh, the second last round. Okay. Well, I'm still missing my my 2 o'clock Sunday footy for the next few weeks, so... I don't know what I don't know what's doing there. Uh, if anyone there here likes the six o'clock, sorry, the six thirty Sunday time slot, tell me. All right, and I, I'll be really fascinated as to to why you like it. Uh, someone on I think Triple M last night said they liked it because they it feels like they're still hanging on to the weekend. I also think they're contractually obliged to tell us uh, those sorts of things about the format uh, as far as time slots go. Anyway. That's your preview. I hope you. I think that that fits the bill of the show a bit more. I think I, I feel better already for the experience now, and I feel the podcast is going to benefit from it. 
uh, moving forward. Uh, now, look, I actually haven't researched this. Um, well, I've, I've researched it in my head. I just don't have their careers up now. And I think that's okay, all right? Because we don't always have to get bogged down in the details of things. Sometimes we can just have a yarn, all right? This is Who Would You Rather Be? And we're just going to have a quick yarn about who would you rather be, Anthony Minicello or Anthony Watmau? A shout out to the the forty my fortieth favourite rugby league first name. Uh, in yeah, Anthony Minicello and, and Anthony Watmau. Two, I mean two two great plays in different positions. Uh, you know, if you're a if 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 you're looking for a, a back, you like being a sort of a, a a back with some with some pace, and you know you're a bit nippy, then then you're probably going to go down Minnie's road, aren't you? But if you want to be a a tough, uncompromising yet skillful back rower, you're going to want to be Anthony Watmau. You know, my first memory of Anthony Minocello, I think, was in 2001. Uh, I don't know if they were still doing double headers. Uh, out at the Sydney Football Stadium to start the season off. They might have. Anyway, the Tigers... I think they were. And the Tigers played... I'm doing all of this off the top of my head. I have a feeling that Cronulla played St. George. And then the Tigers played the Roosters. Now, we're sitting behind the post. Tigers-Roosters, 2001. Uh, Minicello's still pretty young. I think he was on the wing. And he just did this fantastic... Like I think he did a double chip and chase to score a try. And it was just facing... Um, it was me and my dad sitting there just facing you as that's one of the great things about sitting behind the post is they're just coming straight towards you and it was extremely skillful uh, really well done and I, the Roosters obviously went on to, to beat the Tigers pretty comfortably that day but I mean Minicello like I mean uh, uh, at least one oh, how many premierships a couple for the Roosters plenty of origin games plays for Australia in a great era too you know hanging out with um Joey Johns and those guys on the rep scene. Uh, or, yeah, or you've got Chalk. Um, and, you know, I'm not a manly hater here. All right, you know that. And for all intents, I know he had that little stint at Parramatta, which was pretty weird. Talk about players looking, you know, strange in other jerseys. That was a strange one. Um, I'm actually going to pull him up here. Actually, just bear with me while I pull Anthony Watt up because I just want to see how many games he played um, for Parramatta. Um, I think he's a 300 gamer too. He owns a restaurant these days, which is pretty good. Wouldn't mind doing that. Uh, 17 for the Eagles, so 303 games all up. He played for the Northern Eagles too. Wow, I didn't realise that. Uh, City Origin, New South Wales. My, my great memory of Watmau is, uh, would have been, I reckon, 2008 maybe, 2009 perhaps. I think it might have been 09. Was it 09? The Jared Hayne year, I think that was 09, wasn't it? Anyway, Tigers played Manly on a Monday night at the Sydney Football Stadium, which is hard to wrap your head around as well. Like, what's doing? Monday night, Sydney Football Stadium. Anyway, uh, Tigers leading like 18-0. Um, I think both teams were sort of playing to keep their finals hopes alive, I think. Tigers definitely were. I'm pretty sure Manly were as well. Anyway, it's like 80-0 at halftime. And back in those days, like my old man, my dad would always be saying, mate, we've got to put him away in the second half. Four and against him, be really important. And I would always just think, mate, you know what happens with the Tigers. You know, they go out to these leads and they get run down. Let's just worry about winning for goodness sake. Anyway, basically Anthony Watmau brings Manly back. Ah... Uh, on his own, 
Uh, and I think the Tigers end up winning 19-18 or something like that. But what man, that was one of the most dominant displays from a from a player just watching it live. Uh, I've seen and you know obviously went on to to those premierships with Manly. This is hard for me. Um, yeah, I'm going to be slightly controversial. I'm going to go with Watmau. Just because I always like the back rowers, so I'm going to stay true to that. I reckon if Pezza was here, he's more of a he's more of a back. Uh, I'm more of a forward. Uh, he probably would have gone with Mini. So I'm going with Watmau. Uh, but I think both fine choices. Um, there, yeah. It's, a, it's tough. It's tough. Mini would have got more um, origin success. Just looking at um, where Watmau was playing in there. A couple of all-star games. Anyway, I've gone with Watmau. So that's um, that's where I'll leave that. Uh, if you Look, if you've got an idea for who would you rather be, I think I need him. All right? A couple of, couple of blokes with the same name and just, just hit me up. Get creative. All right? Um... Moving forward, moving forward. Well, look, all right, we'll get stuck in. We'll get stuck into the issues. And here's the thing, all right. Just a few issues, you know. We'd we'd sometimes go, "Are you interested?" and that and that type of thing. Um. Here's a question for you. I've been thinking about this a lot this week. Okay, Seabold's been sacked. That's pretty much yesterday's news now. And even and now it's like you know, oh, is it Kevy Walters? Is it Paul Green or? Blah, 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 as far as who's going to coach Brisbane next. Now, and then we've got some stuff bubbling around with maybe Anthony Griffin going to the Saints. So people are starting to talk about who's going to coach the Saints. Uh, We've got the Todd Payton announcement with the Cowboys. Uh, He's going to coach them. Simon Wolford looks like he's coming back to be an assistant coach at Penrith, uh, which is interesting uh, for the Simon Wolford fans out there, of course. Um, and my point with this stuff is, is, is like, if, if we weren't, if they weren't sacking coaches and, you know, the programs and the media and social media and the papers weren't talking about sacking coaches and why he should be sacked or who should be the next coach, genuinely, what would have we talked about in the season? Like, what would be the biggest issue? I don't like, apart from like a few players retiring, that's like the, the bit of, bit in the news cycle now. Uh, what would we be talking about? And I just start to wonder, like, is this just, are we just sacking coaches to keep rugby league in the news all the time? You know, the old fashioned, or sorry, not the old fashioned, the old saying of what Todd Greenberg famously once saying, don't take the soap out of the soap opera. Uh, is, is that, is that why? There's this constant speculation about who's going to coach who. Because you, I don't know, you just don't seem to see it in other codes as much. Um, and if we weren't talking about that, like what are people talking about? I guess what is usually in the news cycle uh, for the first, I guess, you know, basically from, it used to be mid-season, you know, to the around mid-season, his origin is what I'm talking about. That That's usually the other thing, you know, oh, oh, you know, gee, isn't, you know, uh, uh, Chad Townsend playing pretty well. Oh, you know, he might even be able to sneak into a Blues jersey. And, you know, we usually start saying that the successful New South Wales team 
uh, from the year before. You know, should, they should be sacked. You know, Cleary shouldn't play halfback. All that sort of stuff. That usually gets start to get tossed around. Probably, you know, it used to be from probably about round six or seven, or even later. Uh, and now it's sort of starting at the start, round two, two or three. So we haven't had the origin talk. We've, they've tried to have a bit of the origin talk. It doesn't have the same feeling to it, does it, this year, without having, having origin midweek. Sorry, mid-year. So, you know, I guess that's what we're usually talking about, you know? Oh, and injuries. and they're, they're, I know there's lots of injuries, but that's you. Is that is that all the rugby league news cycle is? Injuries, state of origin players, and coaches. I just think we can get more. Like, let's talk about something else. You know, like I've scrolled like you know certain certain platforms and things to try and come up with something. You know, but it just yeah. Anyway. I, I don't know what people think about that. That's just where I'm being at with this. And I'm almost being pushed to the point of exhaustion around the coaches. I'm pushed to the point where I don't even care who's going to coach Brisbane anymore. Cause I'm sick of hearing about it all the time. I don't really care about the St. George coaching job either. It all just sounds boring. You've got like, there was that theory going around, like Anthony Griffin's going to be the coach, right? So I think Anthony Griffin writes for uh, News Corp. Phil Gould writes for Fairfax or Channel 9. Uh, so all the, all the Channel 9 uh, stuff and the Herald were all banging on about how terrible Griffin is. And then all the Fox uh, and the News Corp stuff were all banging on about how how good Griffin should is and should coach them. You know, Andrew Webster and those blokes saying Griffin should never coach them. He's terrible. Um... Anyway, I don't know. Just, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know. I just, I'm just a bit tired of it. So I'm going to push on from the coaching stuff. But do you, you know what I'm saying with that? I'd, I'd be interested in people's feedback. Uh, if like, if I, if I miss something about what else we're talking about, you know. Um, Cameron Smith retiring. That's still bubbling away. Uh, you know, a lot of people would say the old fashioned saying, you know, well, he's earned the right to go out on his own terms. To be fair, he probably has, you know, Cameron Smith. Well, it's the, just like the, the, a lot of people try to mount that case for Benji Marshall, uh, who hasn't been offered a contract for the Tigers saying, oh, well, you know, Benji deserved a bit more respect and they probably should have let him go around again and all that sort of stuff. Well, not really. He had a one year contract. His contract's finished. They didn't want to offer him a new one. Why? Because he can't defend anymore. Because he's too old. Fair enough. You know? And even with his attack, it's not like Benji Marshall. And I, th- Benji's one of my favourite players ever, if not my favourite player. But has success followed him wherever he goes? Not really. He's had a couple of good years with the Tigers. Won a premiership. Amazing. Brilliant. You know, a couple, couple of times in the finals. What about the rest? You know, it's the same for a lot of those Tigers. I'll get to this in Tigers Tiger Corner later. But what about Cameron Smith? Does success follow Cameron Smith? Yeah, it does. Yes. Are they successful at the moment? Yeah, they are. Are they going to win the competition this year? Yeah, they might. Uh, so I think, you know, he can take all the time in the world. And I think that Storm believed that too. I think that's just another thing that people want to get into the news cycle is um, New South Welshman or people, New South Welsh people, uh, 
I guess like to like to team up on Cameron Smith. And that's fine. Uh, what else have we got in the issues? The issues seem so fucking boring this week. Anthony Abdo, is that his name or is it Andrew Abdo? He's the new CEO. South African accountant that used to work for Deloitte that goes for Manly. He's now the CEO um, of Rugby League. Okay. Sweet. Makes sense. Um, and apparently, Volandis reckons he's going to be uh, the best CEO ever. Okay. Sweet. Well, there you go. Um, cool. You know, I might just be a bit down because the Tigers are like, their their hopes are gone from the season. So if I'm sounding a bit flat here going through the issues, I apologize. Just give me a week and I'll, I'll get over it. Uh, I'll, I'll accept it. All right. And I'll come back and I'll be able to charge into the finals uh, with a bit more of a spring in my step. All right. But it's September, you know, and I just, just maybe September like triggers me a little bit or something because the Tigers don't play in September. Anyway, look, there are the issues for the week. All right. Um, and if you're a bit bored, if you feel, if you feel what I'm saying, like, let me know. If you disagree and go, Sparks, come on, mate. Just because the Tigers aren't in the comp anymore, it doesn't mean that you have to get all down and out in your podcast, you know. We're here listening to your podcast, you know. Show us some respect and give us a bit more of the issues, you know. A bit more enthusiasm around Abdo being the CEO. He's going to be the best CEO, you know. Smarten yourself up a little bit. If that's how you feel, all right, I'm hearing you. Just... Drop something in the comments. Let me know. Um, I, I'm happy to... I'll take the feedback on because I'm even starting to sense that that's, that's actually what I've done and I'm starting to issue a bit of an apology uh, for that segment. But anyway, I'll push on here. Okay, now, I've left the names. Uh, we've, we've stuck with the top 40, okay? The, in, in, the, in the top... The, you know, um, vein of a top 40 countdown... Uh, we stuck with 40, all right? We missed a few, there's no doubt about it, but I think the name game uh, has run its course, all right? And thanks, everyone, for getting involved in that little part of the hill. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you miss it, if you missed it, and you, you want to know what my top 40 uh, first names in rugby league are, well, then you've got to go past the last four shows and you'll find them. Okay, so what we're going to do instead, and I... I and, the best thing about the name thing was that it came from a listener, all right? So, you know, it just shows, you know, you guys get in touch and we can start, we can get cooking here, you know, collaborating. Um, we coll- When we're collaborating, we're at our best, okay? Because what's happened here is Michael Henry has, has put this in as a comment, okay? I'm just going to, I'll just read it out for you, okay? So he says, please provide a star ranking for halfbacks from 1 to 10 with players as examples. So 1 being the ultimate organizer and 10 being the ultimate play what's in front of your eyes up footballer. All right. For example, Chris Sando. Overall quality irrelevant. And then he's tagged in his... Is, do you pronounce your name Tom or Thom? I don't... Is Lemon. Uh, I'm going to call you Tom Lemon. I'm not sure what's doing there. It's probably some sort of... Anyway, I won't... I won't, I won't get involved in that. Um, but he's given him some credit there as well because I think maybe that was his idea. I'll let you boys uh, work that out yourselves. Okay, well, what it look, I don't know if it's perfectly what you're after here, boys, but what I've come up with is a little system for halfbacks, okay? And the way I'm going to rank, I'm not going to use numbers. I've got um, six categories. 
All right, and I've done it in the form of how you'd have a steak cooked. Okay, so you've got your well done, your medium well done, your medium, your medium rare, your rare, and your blue. Okay, and I've got you, you've got your players um, around that. Okay, so what I'm gonna I'll st- before I go into the players, what I'll tell you is that my experience. Okay, most people like, and look, if you're a vegetarian, I apologize, okay, um, just think like we're maybe searing like a cauliflower steak or something like that, um, you can play along in, in, in that respect. Uh, most people like a steak cooked medium rare, I think that's probably the perfect way, and when you get it done, you know, either at a restaurant, um, or if you've done it yourself on the barbecue, and you can nail medium rare, you're really happy with yourself, alright, so I'm saying medium rare, uh, is probably your perfect style of halfback, okay? In the sense that he can organize and he can create, okay? Which is a dying breed these days. All right, so that's your medium rare, okay? Um, that's, your, that's your center point, okay? Uh, and then your well done, okay, is, is, your, is your organizer, okay? Um, and then your blue, uh, the more rarer you go, is your eyes up footy. Okay, so what we've got here, all right, and I'll see what you think, okay? We're not always going to agree on everything. That's fine, okay? Hit me up in the comments and tell me if you think these metrics are terrible. Um, but I think I might have, I might have, I might have got what you're asked for, all right? So we'll start with well dones, okay? So your well done halfbacks are your organizers. You're just your pure organizers, okay? With next almost no creativity in them, okay? So, as Michael Henry said, Jeff Robson, great example. All right, I thought Johnny Morris, yeah? All right, we want to go a little bit more um, modern than when you're looking at your Chad Townsends. Maybe Aiden Caesar. Uh, maybe even Blake Green. That's your well-done halfback. Really well done. Okay, now your medium well, all right, is he organizing, just got a little bit of creativity in him. Just a little bit of creativity in him. I, I, I put Mitch Pearce in there, Okay. A divisive character, I know, but I think, you know, I think he's predominantly an organizer, uh, but he's got a bit of creativity in him as well, all right, and it showed it, you know, that showed because when he had um, Blake Green with him, who's a real well done uh, halfback, he, I think it just took some pressure off him, and he could create a little bit as well, I put Luke Brooks in that category too, okay, the much maligned Luke Brooks, who I'll get to later in the show, I, I think he's a medium well um, halfback, Paul Green was probably one of them if we're going back. Maybe Peter Wallace too. All right. So predominantly organizing, but just a bit of creativity in them. Medium. Now, medium, you're starting to get to your ultimate, your perfect halfback. I put Nathan Cleary in there or Nat Cleary, as his dad calls him. I put Cooper Cronk in there as well. Okay. Uh, I couldn't really think of um, anyone else. So they're still erring on the side uh, of organizing, but starting just to have a bit more creativity uh, in them, I wonder if Kyle Flanagan might uh, merge himself into a medium style. I, I kind of felt like a medium style should be a goal kicker too. That's why I had Cleary there, maybe Kyle Flanagan as well. All right, now the sweet spot, medium rare. You're perfectly cooked halfback uh, here, and you, you, obviously we're talking Joey and JT, like you know, just your perfect balance uh, of organising and eyes up footy. Uh, I also think Scott Prince. That's I actually put Scott Prince before I put those two, uh, which probably shows some some pretty uh, where my head goes as far as bias goes. I think Luke Keary's falling into that. All right, maybe not there yet. 
Uh, but DCE is definitely one. Uh, I think he's medium rare. I think he's a beauty. Um, with that, with that real combination of being able to organise and play make at the same time. I really think DCE is possibly the best halfback in the game at the moment. I think he needs a bit more help. Um, I put Stacey Jones in that category too. Now, when you're going to rare, all right, you're starting to uh, be a bit more eyes up, footy, a bit more creative, but can still have that ability um, to organise. Michael Morgan, I think, is a good example, wouldn't you say? I put Ben Hornby in there. Later years, Ben Hornby. Uh, I put Robert Louis in there as well. Um, again, with the Tigers. Bynes, your blue players. So your blue, eyes up, footy, uh, not a shred of... Um, Worrying about organising. Just play what's in front of you. Chris Sandow, as, as was mentioned. Uh, Benji Marshall. Cameron Munster. Jerome Luai. Cody Walker. Corey Norman. Tricky Trindle. That's where you're headed. So maybe that's the sort of thing you're looking for, uh, Michael Henry. Um, your, your metrics around your, your halfbacks. You're looking for a medium rare. All right? or, or maybe you're looking for someone that's really well done and someone that's blue and they can complement each other. Yeah. So look, there it is. I hope you liked that. Um, I actually enjoyed that process. Maybe we can use the, the those sort of metrics for like maybe back rolls or something next week. You know, your your well done back roll is just your, you know, make your tackles, make your tackles, um, hit the ball up, and then your blue player is you know someone you know like a, a bit more ball skills and things like that can throw a kick in, and your medium rare, your medium rare is basically John Bateman. I would have thought. Um, do we want to do that? Is there appetite for that? Was that a shit segment? Maybe it was. Let me know. Hit me up. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter. Okay. Uh, we're pushing through here. I told you I was, you know, the, the, the change of system and structure here on the hill this week with the preview has just, you know, I know it was a bit flat in the issue segment, segment, but I think we're, I think we're, we've got something happening here. Um, and hence why we're pushing through at a, at a rapid rate. Um, okay, it's back. Uh, I don't know by popular demand, but it's back nonetheless. Bit of history for you. All right, so again, just a segment, just to celebrate a little bit of history around the code we love and maybe something that you didn't realize. Now, I'm going to take you all the way back, all right, all the way back to 1908, okay, the year that the, the New South Wales Rugby Football League season was the inaugural season, all right, of, um, I guess, professional rugby league in Australia. Now, I'm sure a lot of you know that Balmain were a foundation club, all right, North Sydney were a foundation club. You probably know that as well. South Sydney and um, Eastern Suburbs, the Roosters, famously, you know, uh, foundation clubs as well. Western Suburbs was also a foundation club. You probably know that. Newtown and Glebe were also uh, foundation clubs, as was, this was something I didn't actually know, was Cumberland. All right, Cumberland, they were in there just for one year, 1908, and then they packed, and they have the worst record... uh, like for any rugby league team, because I think they won one and lost seven. Okay. Played in blue and yellow too, which was the colors of the Parramatta Council. Um, I didn't actually know that. I, I thought that when they came in, and I think the 40s was when they first came in, but they had one season there. Anyway, that's not what this lesson's about. That's just a little spin-off for you. Uh, Newtown were also in it, but something that you maybe didn't know is that Newcastle 
were a foundation club um, back in 1908. All right, so you know Newcastle, the Knights. You, you you see, you can see how much rugby league is in the blood of people uh, up there in Newcastle. So it makes no, it shouldn't shock us too much that they were there from the start. You know, really in a lot of ways. Um, so here's a few things. They only lasted two seasons, uh, 1908 and 1909. They came third um, out of eight in 1909. Um, which is obviously a pretty good season for them. Their colours, so they wore red and white hoops. Uh, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, just red and white hoops. So in like the the bumblebee sort of uh, jersey that the Tigers sort of wore for a bit, or I think Saints might have worn a red and white stripe. It just looks like that, and then black shorts. Weirdly, there was someone put out a a question about the Canterbury black shorts, and I said I like the history to it because I think back in the day, the the way they made shorts. With the fabric, they only had black and white. Like, that was all they could stitch. So, you either had black shorts or you had white shorts. Um, and I think that's the history of the Bulldogs' um, black shorts. Like, that's when they wore cotton shorts. Anyway, um, we're not talking about the Bulldogs. We're talking about the Knights. So, yeah, red and white jersey, black shorts. Um, something else that was cool is that they were... Oh, yeah, so if you go and look, like... Um, if you look to the the original clubs, like where they the foundation clubs where they were formed, so you've got Balmain formed at Balmain Town Hall, you've got Eastern Suburbs formed at Paddington Town Hall. Uh, you know, North Sydney was founded at Birchgrove Park. That's weird. Uh, South Sydney, Redfern Town Hall. Uh, Glebe and West both uh, founded at Wentworth Park Footy Grounds. Uh, Newcastle was formed at Pike's Rooms, Bolton Street, Newcastle. So Pike, P-I-K-E, the rooms of Pike. Uh, so I did a bit of research on this and I was like, shit, is that... I, I was hoping it was just some bloke's house. Like it was, um, I don't know, some guy called Pike and that was it was just in the rooms of his house. But it was actually, it was basically a pub. So a restaurant, uh, it's called Restaurant and Refreshment Rooms of James H. Pike. Uh, so yeah, that's where, that's where they were formed. That's pretty cool. They were just formed in a pub. Um, they called themselves the rebels again. Yeah. Similar because they, they were, they were union players, uh, that were rebelling. Uh, so yeah, that's, um, and then the modern colors now of like the blue, red and the, uh, well, blue and red really. I know they wear a bit of white. I think that was the Newcastle representative shirt. For a fair while, so I guess that was sort of coming off the back of um, uh, the red and white stripes. It's a sweet, it's a sweet logo too. I might actually, I'll put this maybe as the title for the show or something like that. But yeah, Newcastle Rebels and just a big N with the red badge behind it. It looks really cool. Um, so yeah, there's your history. There's your history. Um, and then, yeah, obviously didn't get entered back in until 1988. So they played at the Newcastle Showground as well, if, if you're interested. Um, I don't know if that's different to... I don't know if we've got Newcastle listeners on the show. I think we might. If you can, if you know a bit about your town, please let me know. But is the showground the same? It's not the same as the international sports ground that they used to play at when they came in and then Marathon came in after that. Uh, sadly, I don't really know much other than Newcastle than the... 
marathon and the racetrack um, and Merriweather Beach, really. Um, but yeah, pretty cool, I reckon. So yeah, Newcastle a foundation a foundation club and Cumberland too that, that came back as Parramatta. Uh, so there you go, bit of history. Uh, few people might have known that, but um, if you didn't, I hope you learnt something out of that. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and I'm gonna keep that segment going because um, well you just you could hear uh, I, I learnt some stuff out of that um, as well. All right, uh, here it is, Pezza, get that music going. I know you will. It's Tiger Corner, alright, it's Tiger Corner, and look, it's not an easy Tiger Corner um, to do, I guess in some ways, because, you know, our finals hopes are gone, uh, which doesn't usually happen, you know, I actually thought the Tigers were a good chance to beat Penrith, because if, it was any, if I knew anything about the Tigers, especially over the last five years or so, is they'll keep you interested right to the end. They'll get your hopes up right to the end and then let you down. But um, no, they've sort of changed tack this year and let us down early. Uh, so look, I, there's a few questions that have rolled in, okay, about the Tigers. So I thought Tiger Corner was a, the, the time to address them, okay, which I will. Uh, and then I'll just give you a couple of thoughts of mine as well. Um, Patrick Tay asked, he'd love to hear his my thoughts on Luke Brooks' criticism from Mick Ennis during the week. Uh, most games, 145 without playing finals. Harsh or justified? Uh, Sam Perry came in asking if I thought he should still play hooker. Yes, Pezza, well done. Uh, Michael Sullivan got in somewhere and asked about... Oh, there it is, yeah. Uh, Brooks copying a lot of flack from Tigers fans, including James Hooper. Is it justified? He doesn't think so. Now, the first thing, the James Hooper stuff. Well, on Monday, James Hooper was getting stuck into him. By Wednesday, he was all over him again. I mean, honestly, Hooper is just an outrage merchant um, who jumps on a bandwagon wherever he can. Um, And good luck to him. I guess that's what he wants to do with his career. I seriously don't really begrudge that, okay? Um, At times, he can be pretty funny, but at other times, it's just noise uh so i wouldn't worry too much about what he says uh michael i'm sure you'd agree and you would know better than me on that um g'day james if you're listening to the show okay brooks luke brooks is not the problem in my opinion uh like i think it's just as simple as the fact that he's decided to stay at the tigers you know a lot of the people a lot of the dialogue i guess at the start was oh oh you know luke brooks has played the most games without playing finals therefore he should go somewhere else it's kind of like chicken or the egg it's like well he's only he only hasn't played finals because he's decided to stay at the tigers if you know what i mean um pezza actually agrees wholeheartedly with me on this uh, i think luke brooks is is, is part of the solution. I said before, he's a medium, well done, halfback. Uh, he's got a great kicking game. Uh, he's a good defensive player now. Uh, I believe with the right people around him. Some people think he doesn't make great decisions moving laterally. Mm, I, I haven't seen that as much compared to other halfbacks. I think he's good defensively. 
he can kick well. He's got a passing game. He was the halfback of the year a couple of years ago. What he needs, he what he what he needs is some consistency around him. He's had that many different second rowers play next to him. He, it's hard to develop a combination uh, when it's a different player most weeks. Uh, a better pack would be nice, and maybe just someone that has a tiny bit of pace that he can put through a gap. And when they when they go through a gap, they can actually get away. Uh, so in other words, he needs some better players around him. Uh, uh, there's all these reports he's on 800 a year. I don't think he is. I'm happy if someone's to fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure he's on much less than that. That was the whole point of signing him, uh, because he was happy with 550 or something like that. Um, there's no way he's on 800. I think that's, that's just lies, um, and deception that the media like to do to wind us Tigers fans up. Uh, and it usually works. So I'd say Brooks is part of the solution. Uh, I still maintain Aiden Caesar is the guy, I reckon. Get Aiden Caesar and get us a goal kicker. Um, if we want to go down, that's if we want to go down the buying route. That's the guy. Or maybe Gareth Widdop. They're the two guys that I would see helping out the Tigers. Mostly because they can kick goals. But, better yet, let's get Jock Madden in there. He's an Australian schoolboy. Let's give him a crack. We've got a guy there. By all reports, Zane Kamaru is actually the guy uh, that is the next best thing at the Tigers, uh, they reckon. Sort of, you know, he's a half, um, played New South Wales under-18s, SG ball captain last year, apparently a really, really good player. Lots of other clubs were after him. Canberra tried to sign him. Uh, Manly might have tried. No, Newcastle tried. Newcastle tried to sign him. Uh, he, I think he's actually the kid um, that might actually come through. Because I, I sort of think if Matt, if they if they thought something of Madden, he would have played by now. Um, yeah, and and look on that on that very point is the Tigers need to continue to invest in their young blokes because they will keep coming through. If there's one thing we know about the Tigers is that they develop players. It's as simple as that. The other thing we know is what the Tigers don't do is keep their good players, okay? We always see those stupid, bloody, you know, oh, he's the best team that, 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 full of all the Tigers players that they let go. That's great. Next time you see one of those uh, teams, by the way, where they put, you know, guys like, you know, Josh Adokar, who played for Cronulla, by the way, or like Martin Tapao, who played for the Bulldogs, by the way, or, you know, Blake Austin, who played for Penrith and other clubs, by the way. Um, there's plenty of other, you know, you know, teams that let those players go. Ryan Pappen hasn't played for Parramatta, by the way. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 I get the humor in them and, and well done, but it's it's pretty lazy, all right, ultimately. So if, you, if you're one of those people out there developing those teams... You know, just have a have a look at yourself. I'd suggest um, it's yeah. Um, anyway, that was I sidetracked. The point is keep keep the young votes coming through, and we'll have a team. Okay, I don't I don't I said on this show three or four weeks ago I'd be chasing James Tamo. It's good to see that that's actually being circulated in the news now. Uh, people are finally starting to listen to me on that sort of stuff. Uh, I'd maybe go with Caesar and I'd go with Alex Johnson. That's just because those were the guys uh, who seem to be off contract. Okay, they're all experienced players uh, that fit. You know, we need a forward leader uh, with some experience. We need a goal kicker. Uh, someone in the halves, maybe. I think we do. 
uh, and then just some pace. If Addo Car comes, even better. But apart from that, let's just... You know, Chris McQueen's been released today, which is good. Thanks for your efforts, Chris. He seemed like a really good bloke. Uh, never really got going at the Tigers. I think Jay, he signed under Jason Taylor. Uh, slowly try and release a couple more of these blokes, and we can start rejuvenating the roster. But let's do it with kids. Penrith have shown that, that that's the way to do it. The Tigers are a development club. Contrary to what, you know, the sharp rugby league minds of Ivan Cleary and Kelly Egan would suggest when they came in and said the West Tigers weren't a development club. <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether to laugh or cry on that comment. I still remember exactly where I was in the car um, driving when I heard that. I almost had to pull over. Uh, it was one of the dumbest comments I'd ever heard. And that's, 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 they stuffed the club. Like, that's why we're in this position is because guys like Kelly Egan and Ivan Cleary said that the West Tigers aren't a development club. I mean, my goodness. Um, that's Brooks. Yeah, okay. Keep him. He's part of the, he's part of the solution. Uh, Benji, great run. Great run. Great career. Probably my favorite player. When he, I think he will end up retiring um, because I don't think any other club is really going to go for him because he's, his legs are gone. He can't move side to side. Therefore, he can't tackle. Uh, anymore. So, as Andrew John said during the week, there's two parts of the game. Yeah, his attack's great, um, but his defence is costing us. And I know it wasn't all his fault again, but I, I told you all the games that we get scores put on us is when he's playing, uh, and we had 30 put on us again um, last week. So, Benji, like, I, I love him as a player, but, you know, time's up. And I think, you know, take a leaf out of Chris Lawrence's book, uh, and when, you know, the time was up for him, what did he do? Announced his retirement and went graciously. All right, you're just starting to have, Benji, you're just starting a little bit to have a little bit of Robbie Farah about you. And I just don't, I don't think it's becoming, mate. All right, I think just retire, go out well, hang the boots up and give someone else a go. Yeah? Be grateful for, for the for the career you've had. The one only thing I would say that would be kind of cool is if he finished maybe at the Warriors, if he really wanted to to, to finish his league career somewhere else. Um, I reckon it would actually be pretty sweet to see him in a Warriors jersey and just finish up there um, as a proud Kiwi that I know he is. There'll be more on Benji later in, in, in the next couple of weeks, all right? I might give you a couple of my favorite Benji moments. Uh, last one on Madge. He's, he's, he is the solution, all right? Um, bizarre how this stuff gets reported. I mean, James Hooper, again, perfect example, was blasting him on Monday and then on Thursday was saying, you know, how much, you know, Madge has got a, you know, he's the guy, you know, rah, rah, rah. I got a, I got a text from um, my brother-in-law, during the week, and what did he say? I'll pull it up um, just quickly. Uh, I think it. I think it summed up the situation very well. Where is it? Um, oh yeah, I heard the players at the Tigers training. I heard the players at Tigers training feel like they are walking on eggshells. Good. <laughs> I think that's about it. It's about time that this started to happen. Um, and yeah, let's. I'm just sick of players that aren't successful thinking that they can call the shots and dictate what happens. You know, it just, the mind boggles how many, so many people do this in so many walks of life, um, in different sports, they'll say, oh, well, no, he, well, he's been here for a while. He's the incumbent and, you know, this is the way I play. And I was like, oh, how's that been going for you? Oh, well, we, we haven't won anything. Oh, okay. Well, here, listen to someone that has. All right. Um, 
Madge is the guy. And if nothing else, just to stick with the same coach so we can get some consistency with the roster and see what happens. I'm telling you, if Madge coaches us, uh, he's still coaching us in three years' time, Tigers will be the top four. There we go. I'll leave it there uh, for Tiger Corner. And again, as I said, you know, Sharks lose all their games, Tigers win them all. Well, you just never know. You just never, ever know. A couple of questions to finish us off. Uh, What do we got? We've got the Brooks stuff through. Adrian Lung, talk about Sonny Bill. Well, I don't really need to talk about Sonny Bill because everyone else is talking about Sonny Bill. Yes, Sonny Bill Williams is playing for the Roosters. Yes, he's a good player. Yes, the Roosters get every player they want. How important is he to rugby league? I don't know, man. I don't... He's fine. Like, he's fine. He's he's a guy that's always done things for himself. Uh, He's a self-focused athlete. Um... Good on him. Does he have the right to do that? Absolutely. Is there anything wrong in doing that? No, not necessarily. Uh, is that my, my kind of a sportsman, my kind of a player? No, not really. Um, so, yeah, I guess there you have it. Like, yeah, fine player. Um, yeah, good luck to him. Good luck to him. Uh, it sounds like John Bateman really wants to go after him, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't have any problem with Sonny Bill Williams. I'm not saying I dislike him or anything. Like that. I'm just saying he's not my kind of player. Like you know, Anthony Watmau is my kind of player, a one club player that played. You know, um, but that's just me. Um, yeah, I think Bateman's going to try and take him on, which should be pretty interesting. Uh, I think Sonny Williams was pretty ordinary when he was playing for Toronto. I think I think he's probably a bit similar as Benji. You know, in his day, yeah, he was awesome. He was amazing. Um, but as they say, Father Time waits for no one. Or was it Father Time's undefeated? Uh, now, Jack William, thanks for getting in touch. After all the Adelaide and expansion chat on the history segment, would love to hear the Sparks vision for the NRL in 2050. Well... I could use a I could do a whole show on that. Twenty fifty. Well ideally the best thing the best thing rugby league could do if they could somehow build a two tier competition. Yeah. Uh, I reckon. And either 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 a two tier competition or a two uh, zoned type competition where I reckon say ten clubs of each. Um, and let's call it a zoned competition. You have, I don't know. I'm doing this off the top of my head. You have four teams in Queensland, uh, one in Melbourne, one in Adelaide, one in Perth, one in New Zealand. That's nine. Or is it nine? Maybe one more in Queensland. Call that nine. Uh, And then a Papua New Guinean team. That's ten. All right. Um, They all play each other. Yeah, twice. Call it twice. What's that? 18 games. Yep, they play each other twice. Uh, then you have another uh, zone uh, with the 10 teams. And that, I think there's eight Sydney clubs. I think you have your eight Sydney clubs plus Canberra plus Newcastle. Um, if there's room somewhere for the Central Coast in that, you do that um, in the form of the Bears, ideally. They play each other twice. You have a, a final system. Uh, what is it? 10 teams. So maybe call it a top... I oh, can you go back to the traditional top five system. Not traditional, but the the use of the top five, which I think is the best uh, finals format. That might be a segment for next next week. How about we talk about finals formats? That'd be good. Top five is without a doubt the best. Anyway, they they play off. You get a winner of each zone. All right, similar to I think how they do it in America. Uh, 
So they become the premiers, zone one premiers, awesome, well done, you know, grand final at Sydney, it's brilliant, happy days. Uh, the other one, you know, the, probably the grand final probably is in Brisbane. All right, for that zone, uh, premiers of that zone win it, that's awesome. Uh, then they play off for each other. Yeah, and you could alternate that. You know, you could. I'd be happy that to be. I'd happy for that to travel. Actually, to be honest, that one a bit like the Super Bowl. It can go anywhere, um, and that's your championship. So um, that's actually the way to do it. Not the promotion relegation, the zones. Uh, and I think yeah, that would. I just think that's a great fit. Playing out of smaller boutique stadiums of sort of like twenty to twenty five thousand. Um, that's the future of it. That's the future of the code. Um, I mean, how good would it be? If you want to hear more about that, I can I, I can lay out I can lay out some groundwork, um, and I can I can lay it I can lay it right out for you next week. All right, but until then, until next week, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for listening to me uh, talk about rugby league for nearly an hour uh, for the past five or six weeks. I really appreciate it. I love everyone that gets in touch with me. Thanks everyone if you write in the comments um, and get involved because it's just fun to talk to other people that love the game more than anything. Uh, The people that message me directly, that's awesome. Uh, Sorry if I don't ever respond or if I'm late to responding. Um, I just I sincerely apologize for that. Uh, Otherwise, yeah. Thanks for supporting the show. Keep commenting on stuff on social media. Keep rating. Uh, Share it with your friends if you think they'd like it. All those good things. Uh, And we can keep this uh, podcast rolling. Until then, until then is next week. Hope your team wins. Enjoy the footy and I'll see you next week on the Hill. Goodbye.